Hello, I'm Banning Air, and you're listening to Season 6 of the Afropop Close-Up Podcast, where we go beyond the music into politics, religion, history, and culture. In this episode, we go back to 1985, three years before Afropop Worldwide went on the air for the very first time. The show's founder, Sean Barlow, was making his first trip to Africa. And in Kinshasa, in then Zaire, he had the priceless experience of interviewing one of Africa's greatest and most beloved and most consequential band leaders, Luambo Macchiadi, a.k.a. Franco, the leader of TPOK Jazz. Sean was on his first trip to Africa, and he initially met Franco late one night in the neighborhood of Matongue after attending a concert of Zyko Langa Langa. Franco was not on stage, but at the mixing board. The place where I saw him do his mixing was kind of an open-air club, 100 people or so, very late at night, like 2 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning. And uh, there was Franco kind of presiding over mixing his band, making it sound the way he wanted it to sound. He set up an interview. The deal was he had to submit written questions in French in advance. I remember going into the house in this sort of residential district of Kinshasa, I think the name of the zone was Limité, and he had a uh, white, kind of rambling, ranch-style house with green shade trees all around. And there was the garage, actually, and there was this line of luxury cars, Mercedes and Citroën. And then I go up into the upper kind of reaches where Franco was sitting on a kind of a swing, and uh, it looked like a furniture showroom, and the whole place was just brand new furniture, shining, spanking new. And there was Franco, very hospitable, and, but kind of reserved at the same time. And he was there playing his guitar, and the whole thing was quite magical. And we began. Franco had recently returned from his first concerts in the United States, and Sean was curious about the reaction. Toto Kasaku, a U.S.-based playwright and actor, translates for Franco. With this American blonde, noir, is African, who habite aux États-Unis. There were white and black Americans and uh, Africans who are living in the USA. So they danced. Everybody danced. But what surprised me is there is more white people than black. Uh, that was a little bit strange. Why black people didn't come? There was some black American, 
but the majority who came was white people. This being the 1980s, when so many African acts and artists were vying for foreign audiences, Sean wondered if Franco was making any changes to his sound, like singing in French or English. Je peux pas changer ma musique. I cannot change my music. Why should I sing in English or in French? I'm from Zaire, authentic. I'm singing in Lingala, that's it. I don't have to imitate, no. I'm singing in Lingala, that's it. What about the length of the songs? Congolese songs ran very long in those days. I sing songs that are two minutes long, three minutes long, five, seven. Now I'm playing something, a long play, 20 minutes. That's me. I want to let people understand what I want to express as a message. I can't make it short. I have to take 15 to 20 minutes so people can clearly understand me. And on the uh, Disque d'Or uh, 82, the songs uh, Très Fâché and Soeto. Let's take the first one. What is Très Fâché about? When I composed this song, I was very angry. About what? Very, very angry. I was upset. In Gary Stewart's book, Rumba on the River, more or less the English-language Bible of Congolese music, we learn that fans believe that this song, Très Fâché, was directed at a recently jilted lover, and it revealed a certain misogynism. Franco denied that there was a specific target. He told the magazine Afrique Elite that he is not against women. But what I notice, he added, is that women are more wrong than men, which is why I give them advice in my songs. This was all more than he cared to share with a young American journalist, but Sean did want to know what Franco chose to sing about. In general, what are your favorite themes? What do you sing about in your songs? Oh, la vie courante. Mm, daily life. Everything happening during our daily life. Uh, I see, I sing, love as well. There are two sides of love. Love when we love and when we love hate as well. Do you see yourself as an educator, someone who's teaching the country or the world? Pourquoi pas? Un prêtre, un chanteur, ils éduquent. Why not a priest? A priest and a singer are educating. The priest inviting Christian to come where he's preaching. I'm inviting Christian and Pagan to come and see me where I'm preaching as well, where I'm singing. We are both educators. Do you ever talk about politics or do you ever talk about social issues in your society? Social politique, I compose. I compose songs about politics and uh, social issues. I mean, when they are social issues, I write about it. The same for politics. I wrote a lot of songs for our Republic president and our politics movement of the revolution, NPR. The NPR, Franco refers to, is of course the party of then-President Mobutu, a deeply corrupt man, but also a figure no singer of the era would dare to criticize. So this was a safe and predictable answer. Franco went on to say something vague about singing activist songs, but no details there. 
Still, kudos to Sean for at least asking such a loaded question. Sean then moved on to more fruitful ground, asking how Franco got his start as a musician. Très jeune, quand j'ai perdu mon père à l'âge de 12 ans, et j'avais pas quelqu'un pour nous soutenir. Very young. When I lost my father at uh, the age of 12, I didn't have somebody to support us. My mother was selling donuts because she didn't have enough money to pay for our scholarship. We are a family of uh, four boys and two girls. So I started what we call at home an adventure. Bon, je jouais aux côtés de ma mère pour qu'on puisse acheter ces beignets le plus vite possible. I started playing guitar. I played next to my mother so people would come and buy from her so she can buy some food for us. And little by little, I became who I am today. My mother was uh, singing in the Protestant chorus. My father was playing a guitar. My mother was a Protestant. My father is a Catholic, and I am Catholic. You know, that was before independence. I was at school. Where I learned the guitar, there You know, that was before the independence. I was in school where I learned to play the guitar. I had a friend called the Wayon. He was the one who could knock at uh, Papa Dimitrio's door at Loningisa studio. He took me there. Papa Dimitrio found in me a good guitarist. He made me sign a 10-year contract, and uh, I was paid 25 cents per record. That was unacceptable, but as it was the colonial time, I had to accept it. C'est-à-dire, avant la colonisation, il faut jouer la musique européenne pour que vous puissiez quand même avoir un cachet. In the colonial time, you had to play European music so you can get paid. Louis Armstrong, Sachimon. Ça, c'était l'époque coloniale. Ah, il faut jouer pour que... They were calling that Dancia Mindele, White People's Dance. Comment j'ai fondé le Keja, c'est à partir de là how I founded OK Jazz, we were playing in the studio. We were musicians and we decided to form a group called Loningisa. We were playing at the small parties, events. One day, we took our instrument to a bar called OK Bar. Because the bar was called OK Bar, the owner named us OK Jazz. But he was not the founder of OK Jazz. The founders of OK Jazz were musicians from Brazzaville and Kinshasa.
C'est à partir de 1956 quand les Aïrois ont commencé à demander l'indépendance. C'est à partir de là qu'on commençait petit à petit à composer... Euh... From 1956, when Zarians Don't even try to play European music. People will not dance. For them, it's a rumba. You see, we would come to a bar and play for five hours. And in those five hours, we only play a rumba. And people are not tired. Sean asked Franco who his favorite jazz musician was. Sidney Bechet. Sidney Bechet. And his favorite African musician? Uh, Manu Lubangu. Now we have to remember that the mid-1980s was a time when European audiences were discovering African music, and a lot of continental musicians were moving to places like Paris and London and Brussels and updating their music. Once again, Sean wanted to know if Franco was thinking about changing his sound for a changing time. Quand on essaie de changer un peu parce que la musique on change pas le tout. Quand on essaie de changer un peu, il faut suivre la musique. When we try to change the music a little, we don't change much. You have to follow the line. I can say take the new one and leave the old one. Both of them go together. Tout d'abord, j'ai resté beaucoup à Kinshasa. In the beginning, I stayed in Kinshasa, but I saw so many musicians staying in Europe. I myself had based in Europe for two years. I was doing back and forth. I went to Europe to work and uh, come back in Kinshasa and stay longer. Because the base of our music is in Kinshasa. If you stay in Europe and things change here, when you come back, it's already too late. Because when I play, it's the people who make the feelings, not me. C'est qui l'ambiance, pas moi. What do you consider beautiful? What makes a great song? C'est question des paroles. C'est question des paroles parce que l'air de la musique c'est autre chose. It's about the words. The melody is something else. I think there are words that attract people because you can sing something that doesn't concern you. Maybe you heard about it. And they will say, how is he singing something that I have experienced for three, four, five, six years? That's it. It's the words that attract people. Which inevitably led back to the question, why don't you sing in English or French to reach your international audience? And that inspired a phrase Sean and Afropop listeners have heard countless times from countless artists over the years. La musique n'a pas de frontières. Music has no borders. So then Sean started asking Franco about his favorite songs, and Franco settled on the song Mamou. It was the first song he recorded with Madilu System, who would go on to become a major TPOK jazz star. The song plays out a complicated and hilarious love triangle, mostly in a spicy conversation between the two women. On this occasion, Franco didn't go into all that, but he did play the intro on his ever-present guitar.
maman Olo bakinga na funda kayo Na mobali na yo Olo bakinga na salaka kisefe Na libala na bino Sean was conducting this interview not far from the neighborhood of Matonge, where record stores and music bars pumped out recorded and live music 24-7. He told Franco how impressive that was. I've never seen a city where there's so many places to go out and enjoy music and dancing all hours of the night. This is quite fantastic. And Franco said, Matonge, it's like Brooklyn in New York. One wonders exactly what the idea of Brooklyn conjured in Franco's mind, but he certainly knew he was at the center of a hot, competitive music scene. Back in 1985, the top band in Kinshasa was probably Zyko Longa Longa, a group started by students some 15 years earlier. Sean noted that unlike Franco's band, Zyko and this new generation had cut the horn section and gone for a grittier, guitar-focused sound. Franco did not altogether approve. I mean, these young musicians don't have saxophonists, but one day they will be required to have saxophonists and trumpetists because without saxophone and trumpet, it becomes monotonous. One day they will find that they must have saxophones and trumpets to fill in the gaps. For me, bands like Zaiko, Ampir Bakuba, Shockstar, these bands represent themselves very well, as long as they have clients. Because a band without an audience is not a band. A band that plays, selling tickets, making people dance, is a good band. Anyway, maybe I'm not at the good position to talk about them, but I know one day I will stop playing the music. Maybe there will be those who will replace us. I can only wish them to continue. Je ne fais pas la même chose parce que Zaiko, euh, ensemble, ce sont nos enfants, mes enfants, qui dansent souvent chez Zaiko. Et moi, je fais danser les pères et les mères de ces enfants qui dansent chez Zaiko. I don't do the same thing because Zaiko, in short, they are our children. My children dance to Zaiko. Me. I'm playing for the mothers and fathers of those kids who dance with Zaiko. With me, it's a pure rumba. With Zaiko, it's zekete zekete. Seeing a father dancing zekete zekete in front of his kids, I don't think he will try it. Sean had read in local newspapers a number of stories of band leaders recruiting good musicians from other bands. It's an old story in the history of many bands, but it had become a sore point, and journalists were complaining that great bands were being destabilized in the process. C'est un faux problème des journalistes. Vous savez, quand vous débutez vos études, vous ne débutez pas en quatrième ou en cinquième primaire. Vous commencez. It's a false problem created by journalists. When you start your studies, you don't start in fourth and fifth grade. You know, you start from the beginning and uh, you advance to the first grade, second grade, third grade, fourth grade, all the way to university. 
What do you say to someone who works for a company and uh, one day he quits to work somewhere else? Do you say that it destabilized the company that he left? I don't think so. Because a person seeks to improve their way of working and improve their salary. So a musician who leaves one band to work in another, I don't see anything wrong. He goes to learn and to play in a more stable band. So to say that it destabilizes a band is not true. For me, it's a false problem created by journalists. Maybe to sell their newspapers. Donc pour moi c'est un faux problème des journalistes, peut-être de vendre vendre les journaux. Franco lived nearly five years after this interview, adding new weight to his legacy and repertoire before at last succumbing to HIV/AIDS in a Brussels hospital. But already he was envisioning a future for his band beyond his time. Quand tu vas dans mon orchestre, il y a des jeunes, il y a des jeunes dans mon. Ce n'est pas parce que moi. When you look at my band, there are young musicians. Just because I'm old doesn't mean everybody around me are old, no. I'm preparing those who will continue with OK Jazz. It's me who will be tired one day, but OK Jazz will stay. OK Jazz will continue. Well, things didn't exactly play out that way. There were splits among Franco's cadre of musicians after his death and disputes as to who were the true carriers of the legacy. But he was certainly right about one thing. The name of TPOK Jazz has lasted and likely will do so as long as music is played in Africa. But Sean's story was not over. Some days after the interview, by chance, he ran into Franco one last time. Well, I see him again in a uh, kind of a, a rundown nightclub in the street near Matangue, the kind of the center of the kind of cultural life in Kinshasa. There was Franco just sort of chilling, uh, so there's no plan to it, but he remembered me from the interview, and we got to talking, and um, at one point, you know, he says, Nous, oui, nous les Aérois, we the Zaireans, we know... Aretha Franklin, James Brown, Wilson Pickett, and so on. Why do, don't you know our music? And he was just powerful right in my face, you know, this passionate plea of wanting to be known. And uh, all I could say was, you're right, it's, it's got to change. So I took it on my mission to do that. Big thanks to Toto Kisaku for voiceover translation. This Afropop close-up was made possible by a grant from the National Endowment for the Arts. But to keep the series going, we need your support. Please visit afropop.org and make a donation. Every dollar counts. For Afropop Worldwide, I'm Banning Air. <laughs> Balatoko